Good morning and welcome to the Patriot Radio News Hour live on this Friday, September the 29th. The third quarter is almost over, but it's so, so good that it's another Friday. We made it through another week. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. We keep you in the know out there. Everything you need to know and so much more is out there. You can shop online. You can watch all the videos and read all the articles and do all those things. You'll be out there all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm a little uh, a little tired today. Last night, uh, my son, they had a varsity football game, which they won. They're now 6-0. and But after the game, and the game took forever, a lot of penalties and and it just makes the game last forever. But the bus, they were they were away. The bus did not work. Apparently, it worked to get them to the game. It just did not work to take them home from the game. And so my son calls, and it's, it's like 11 o'clock when they're finally, I guess, giving up and says, hey, you know, the bus, we're still in the parking lot. <laughs> So I get in my car and I start driving to to the game, back to the school, and I, I'm probably about three quarters of the way there when he calls and says, "Hey, they got the bus working, and uh, you know you don't have to come get me." So I turn back around, I get home. I couldn't have been home five minutes. Get another call. Hey, the bus broke down again. We didn't get very. <laughs> We didn't get very far, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding. So back in the car I go, I pull out of my driveway, and right as I'm pulling out of my driveway, he calls me and says, hey, the backup bus is here, so you don't have to come get me. And long story short, it was after midnight, Uh, so it was just kind of a long, long day. It was an exciting game, great game. You can probably tell my voice a little off today. Uh, but uh, that was how I spent <laughs> that was how I spent my Thursday night uh, getting in and out of my car, deciding whether or not I needed to pick up my kid because the bus uh, wasn't working. Uh, but anyway, they got it all handled, and and uh, the show must go on. All kinds of there was actually a bunch of economic data out today. Uh, probably the the biggest or the most important one had to do with inflation and wages, right? Because this is kind of like the hot button issue. Uh, we'll we'll break it down for you. It, it was soft. You know, let, let's just say the inflation number wasn't very good because no one's making any money, uh, and so the and they also had retail sales. Uh, retail sales. Was was soft as well. Again, automobiles. Uh, the big reason why uh, you can throw homes on top of that now, and and we'll get to all of that. Uh, I got a. I want to read you an email from a customer, and I'll just use his initials, JG, and he he emails me quite a bit, and he's bad because I keep telling you, hey, they can't build houses for you know under a hundred thousand dollars, and he says, no, they can. 
and, and they can build a 600-square-foot house. That's, that's an apartment. And they actually are building those, right? The old builders have gotten into that business, and they rent them. Uh, but, but it is absolutely possible, right? If you build a small enough place, people could live, right? And, and, and obviously, when we talk about a house, and when I'm talking about houses, you know, you, you got the wife, you got the two kids, you know, the dog. Uh, and I, I happen to know that, that uh, JG is single. Uh, so you're right, you could do it. There, and really, let's face it, if you had to, right, you could. All of us could. But it was funny. What I did like about what he sent me, he actually sent me where they're trying to, because, you know, you've seen uh, the TV shows where they're building these little houses. Right, and they're putting them on a trailer, and and the funny thing is, is he actually uh, uh, sent me a uh, a link about how the they're trying to regulate those, right? they're trying to outlaw them, and of course it's the mobile home industry that's trying to get the government uh, to outlaw the tiny houses and say that you know the only thing that that could be on wheels needs to be a recreational vehicle, and that falls into a whole different category, and it's, it's harder to get a loan for it and all that other stuff. Uh, but, but it really is, you know, here's the, it's a problem. How can we not be able to build homes that people can afford? And it shouldn't have to be 600 square feet. I mean, it, it, it really, it boggles the mind. When you think about it, you look at it, the percentages keep telling the story. Home ownership in the United States has steadily been, been declining for the last 10 years. And it hasn't stopped. Despite them trying to say there's a housing recovery and there's all these, the, the realities are very simple. Not everyone can afford a 2,200-square-foot home. But what is true is, and whether it's 1,800, 1,600, 2,200, 3,000, you know, 1,200 square feet, we always used to be able to, or at least the vast majority of Americans used to be able to do it. We can't now. What's changed? We'll talk about that next. Welcome back. Major Radio News Hour. It's Friday. I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm out here. Dr. T's out here picking up some product, and I got so busy I forgot all about what it was that I was doing. Uh, but here's just another example. And I, I'm going to read to you uh, what, what they're working on right now. Another attempt by by the government to regulate all of us to death. The regulation is FR-5877-P-01. FR-5877-P-01. And it has to do with, with, you know what, I'll say this, a lot of people do this. This is the people that live in the these RV parks as their permanent residence, right? And this also has to do with 
all the the tiny houses, right? The shows they you know they 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 show the glamorous lifestyle of the you know 400, 500, 600 square foot uh, trailer where they build your home and you can just take it wherever you go, right? And they show pictures of people kayaking and skiing and snowboarding and boating, doing all this great stuff. Because I don't know where you're going to put all the stuff you need to do all those things in that little, little space, little, little home. They never show that part. But this is something the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. It's putting the finishing touches on the per, uh, proposed regulation that would make living in an RV or a mobile tiny home illegal for most people. And what they, what they mean by illegal is what they want to do is get rid of an exemption for recreational vehicles. It would redefine the industry, forcing HUD regulations on, that, on those people that do this. The new regulations are set, uh, well, and really kind of a nod to the manufactured home. I'm making an assumption that the manufactured home industry is behind the legislation. But what they what they would like to do, the RVs would be redefined. Okay, so whether it's a an actual RV and you're living in the RV or you got the tiny house that's built on the trailer, that they're they're both considered the same. As a factory build vehicular structure. Therefore, not certified as a manufactured home, designed only for recreational use, and not as a primary residence or for permanent occupancy. This means you'll either fall uh, under the HUD regulations, your little tiny home, forcing you to comply with HUD building codes. In other words, it would make it impossible. And, and it, I, I don't understand it. What does the government care where you live, right? Hey, if I want to live in my RV or if I want to live in a tiny house or I want to live in a 10,000-square-foot palace, right, as long as, you know, and obviously people have been living in RVs for how long? Forever, as far as I know. Uh, well, like ever, let's face it, I've only been around since 1970, so for, that's forever for me. But uh, I want to just thank uh, my friends for that information. I did not even know that was happening. But uh, just all of these things that fall under the radar and nobody's talking about, right? Everyone's talking about tax cuts and who the next Federal Reserve chief is going to be and is North Korea going to launch another missile or blow up an atomic bomb in the middle of the ocean and all that other stuff. And while that's all happening, right, all this other thing, all these other things always slip through the cracks, right? You know, they like the the Patriot Act and and the when they bailed out the banks too big to fail, right? And they said they fixed all this stuff. And really, when you actually got done with it, and whether it was five years or ten years, fifteen years later, what we really end up finding out is they've taken away more liberty. That's really all they did. Right? I mean, too big to fail, such, it, that's an easy one. 
because they didn't make them smaller, right? They made them bigger, right? There, there are fewer and fewer banks in the United States. Matter of fact, that levels we, we haven't seen in, in, in the modern generation. They've been closing them. They've been gobbling up each other. You know, they, and of course, a lot of people don't know that those regulations got changed in the 80s. Banks weren't allowed to be that big because they knew what what you know they do. Hey, if we get them too big, it, it it becomes risky, and you can take out the whole economy and all that other stuff. And then what we found out later is okay. Yeah, you kind of misled us because the headlines all said we, we're going to fi- we're fixing too big to fail, right? And and people only read headlines. Why read the actual? details of it and then of course if if you did read the article most of them were telling you this is a great thing what they didn't want to tell you was the realities were no by the way not only are we not going to get rid of it we're going to make sure that you're not allowed to get out of it see that was their solution to fixing too big to fail their solution was, you know what? We're going to stop all the bank run nonsense. We're just not going to let people take any money out. And if the bank is bad enough, forget about a bailout. We'll just go in and, you know, borrow some of these deposits. Of course, they're not yours anyway, right? We, You know, I've established that. Hopefully you know that now, right? When you deposit the money in the bank, it's no longer yours. Right? And they'll just, you know, take some of it. But don't worry. When they take some of it, they'll give you some stock in the new bank, and eventually maybe, you know, down the road sometime, maybe you can get your money back. And then, you you know, you sit there like the this regulation that I just read you. It's nonsense. What are we wasting our time on? And, and this is kind of how the government works, right? Everything's a big corporate-sponsored something or other, right? And the same thing, you know, like the tax cuts and all of that, I'm sure they're going to take sides. Yesterday I told you I was going to read what the DNC said, and then I forgot. It's been a tough week. So here's what the Democrats said, and I don't understand. Why wouldn't they want to all get together and say, hey, let's try to keep less of the people's money? But I always think that's a great idea. The problem with it is that I always have is if you just have less government, you'd be able to take less money, right? We we don't need tax cuts, right? We don't need uh, corporation bailouts. What we need is less government. Because if you had less government, I mean, it's pretty simple stuff, then you need less money. And if you need less money, you don't have to take it from the citizenry. Unfortunately for us, None of what I just said is in any of that tax legislation. Matter of fact, the only thing that's really in there is we're going to spend more money, right? We need more money for defense. We need more money for the veterans. We need to get an infrastructure project going. We need more money for bridges. We need more money for roads. We need more money for all this stuff. And in the meantime, while we need the more money, we're going to try to take in less. And the answer, you know, we know what you know that's not right. And then, you know, oh, it'll pay for itself with economic growth. And it won't. It never does. You know, and really the one 
They like to go to the Reagan cuts. Don't be fooled. That was a much different time. When Ronald Reagan took office, interest rates were 19%. When he left, they were 6 Yes, there was a tax cut in there. But interest rates fell from 19 to 6 Interest rates now are what? They're between one and one and a quarter. That's the, you know, I guess they can't quite make up their mind if it's one or one and a quarter, so it's in between the two. So we're not going to get this huge reduction in interest rates. Could you imagine what the economy would do if interest rates were 19 and went to six? It's going to do better. And so the the illusion that this is somehow going to be a Reagan-era-like tax cut, just not going to happen. Which is probably the reason why a lot of these economists say that Trump can't get that, you know, the, the mythical three-plus three percent GDP growth. Right? The tax cuts aren't going to do that for you. Because what Reagan had was tax cuts and falling interest rates, and falling by a lot. And we have neither of those today. But anyway, they released a statement, and they they said the Republican Party tax reform plan, nothing more than a thinly veiled giveaway to big corporations, that is the 1%, which makes sense coming from an administration led by a billionaire tax cheat. This is the the DNC now. A billionaire tax cheat tax cheat who refuses to release his own tax return. <laughs> yes, he's a private citizen. He has the right not to do it. Therefore, he must be a tax cheat. The tax plan hammered out by two former Wall Street executives. Right? Again, there's no doubt about Of course it was. Listen, every bill they passed is hammered out by some major corporation. Right? Don't I mean you think John McCain is sitting in his office typing up legislation? You think he's writing laws? You think Jeff Flake's out there on his keyboard, right, hammering out the the whatever what nine page tax bill they released? Of course not. Don't write any of it. I remember what Nancy Pelosi said. And you know what? We make fun of it, but it was true. Hey, we got to pass the bill before we even know what's in it. Right? I'm not reading that thing. We're just going to take their word for it. And and this is how it all works. And then they went in, to, you know, and just say a bunch of uglier, nastier things. And when did we become this nasty? When did that happen? When did it become okay to just be nasty all the time? You know, I think part of it has to do with this new texting world and the Internet world. People say things, and when say them, I say, but by typing them, that they would never verbalize. And now somehow this is kind of the new society we live in, and everyone's just nasty to each other. If someone's opinion is different, you know, you used to have great debates. Part of the, the best memories I had growing up 
and 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 you know talking about the big holiday, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter, was the older people, the adults, having the great debate, right after dinner, right the 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 the, the coffee came out, and of course this was back in the time people smoked, right? So my grandpa's got to smoke, my uncle's got to smoke, everyone's got to smoke. And they just start talking. And it goes back and forth. And I told you, I need you tell the story. My grandfather was like the master. And he would he would get the feel for the room. And wherever the majority was, he was going the other way. Right? He wanted to stir the pot up. But it'd be great debate. Right? And then and then after the great debate was over and the coffee was was, was done and they ate their cake. Right? They all got the cards out, and they start playing spades or hearts or, or pitch, you know, whatever the game of the day. And, and it was, you know what, it was great. Everybody got to voice their opinion. Nobody was upset. Nobody got nasty. Now you read, and people can't even be with their relatives because you like Trump and the other one doesn't, and you're a you're a communist or you're a racist or you're the it's incredible no wonder why nothing can get done patriot radio news hour halftime on a friday this is the phyllis schlafly report a daily broadcast from phyllis schlafly eagles and we're upholding the legacy of phyllis schlafly a constitutional attorney and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Haidt. When government daycare conspirators realized that pro-family Ronald Reagan would never approve of their anti-family proposals, many suggested the 1988 presidential election would become a referendum on what America wanted to do with their children. Obviously, they changed their tune when George Bush took office. Government-run child care had an inherent PR problem. No one, not even those who are generally in favor of government regulation, would want grandmothers to need registration in order to take care of their own grandchildren. That is exactly what government-run child care would do. It would blindly impose standards regardless of whether the child care provider was a family member, a church daycare center, or some other similar institution. Phyllis wrote in 1997 that liberals thought they could just proclaim a crisis, wrap it in children, and try to intimidate Congress into funding a new middle-class entitlement. However, these liberals were sorely mistaken. Pro-family conservatives won the debate on government-run child care because they pointed out the plague that follows almost every government-controlled industry. Government is incapable of delivering a product or service in a way that's most affordable, effective, or fair. If regulations are blind and unfeeling, why would we want to impose them on child care? Leftists might disguise them as well-meaning health and safety standards, but Phyllis Schlafly cut right to the truth. A grandmother would be required to demonstrate that she complies with federal health, safety, and nutrition standards, and would have to submit daily reports proving the food she feeds her grandchildren meets those standards. Phyllis was a master of recognizing flaws in liberal ideology, and she was a master of convincingly pointing out those flaws to the American people. The debate on government daycare is far from over. If conservatives are to win on this and other key issues, we must show liberal policies at their logical conclusion. 
conservatives need to remind all Americans that we fight for people and for their right to work, raise their families, and live free of oppressive and unnecessary government interference. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour, our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. I got Dr. T in here with me, and and uh, I always like having him in because he's he's got a lot of knowledge. And I always like learning from people that uh, have come before I have, and, and he's done a lot of radio in his day, and he's also a great customer of ours, and, and uh, I just love it when you come in. Thanks, Joe. Because uh, that always, and I'm going to tell you why, I'm not going to lie. I love it because that means you bought something and you're coming to pick it up. You're right. <laughs> well, I always say, you know, you got to put a little bit away and you got to keep at it because eventually what's real will be real. And, and you know, it's great. It's like the, 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 the tortoise and the, and the hare, right? Right? And, and you want to be the tortoise. Because the tortoise wins, right? And and gold's boring, right? It's not flashy, and 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 it and at times you're like, well, but the hare's winning, right? I need to be the hare because he's he's not going to win. Instant gratification, right? He's not. We already know he's not going to win, right? And, and everybody that does it, you know, I I had his book. I think, oh, there it is. It's underneath yours. The uh, it was Rogoff who wrote the book. It's called The Curse of Cash. So if you don't believe me, here's a guy. He's the was the head economist for the IMF and the World Bank and the Federal Reserve. I mean, this guy's made. He's a you know one of those great academics, and he writes this book that highlights fiat money. And every single chapter, as he starts in the Ming Dynasty, all the way through today, fiat money, and every chapter ended the same way. Oh, it became worthless. And then he goes on to the next one. But then we did it again. Oh, and it became worthless. And then we, oh, and then it became worthless. And he's still out there saying, look how great it is. Don't get me wrong. You would think the book would be, hey, we should probably try something else. But that's not what he wanted to do, right? Of course not. We'll just make a better mousetrap, and eventually we'll build the right one, and it'll work, even though it never has. And, and this is my point. Right? We already know the tortoise is going to win. The tortoise is gold. It's won for 5,000 years. And it's going to keep on winning. Yes, is it boring? Yes. Is it glamorous? No. Right? Is it is it going to be talked about on the idiot box day after day? Well, sometimes they like to they like to tell you why you shouldn't own it. Right. right? Ben Bernanke likes to tell you gold isn't money, but yet our Constitution says it is. 
But somehow they want you to believe that it's not. But staying at it consistency is really, that's how you do it. You just you put it away, you put it away. Doesn't matter what the price is. Look, today it's down a dollar, big deal. I don't care if it's down 20 or it's up 50. It doesn't matter. Because this is, we already know what the end game is going to be. And then you start thinking about what's happening today. And you got that feeling. It's like, man, how many more of these bubbles can we take? My grandpa once said uh, he lost $250,000 today. He said the price of hogs went up and I didn't have any to sell. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a bad thing. Right, and really, at the is at the end of the day, if you don't have any gold and you don't have any silver, it's not going to be a good day for you, right? Because you're not going to have any, and and you're going to to need to have it. And and why do I say it with conviction? Because I got five thousand years of history on my side. Absolutely, and I told you before, gold is the money of kings, silver is the money of princes, and debt is the money of paupers. And, you know, it's funny you talk about the the debt. There was a great article, and I'll get it up on our website, because I, I want to save it uh, for Monday. So on Monday show, make sure, make sure, make sure you tune in. Man, I, like I said, it's been a tough week. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I woke up late the other day. I broke the, I killed the phone. Turns out, by the way, I did not kill the phone. The phone lived. I killed the cord. We replaced the cord, and it was all good. But uh, all of this GDP, you know, this we can't get any right now. Just the, 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 the study that was done, we really haven't had any GDP growth. The only growth that has occurred is the amount of debt that we carry. And, and it doesn't matter, and, and, it, and it doesn't discriminate, right? Household debt. And then you know what? You hit all the big ones, right? Uh, mortgages, autos, credit card, student loan, and, and default rates. Matter of fact, there's an article again today. Student loan default surging again. I, I keep telling you. Well, the reason, when we really look at debt, and you really want to understand why is there debt, it always goes back to the same thing. We live in a world of instant gratification. We need it. It's We don't. We don't need it. We want it. What we need, we already have. We want stuff. Stuff. That's right. Stuff. And you know what? You can't take the stuff with you. And you know what's so funny? When I talk about, like, you know, and I think about my childhood and all the great memories I have, very almost none of it revolves around stuff. It revolves around the interactions whether it was my family or my friends, my wife, right? The stuff is nice, but that's not what matters. No, we found stuff, rocks and sticks, right? (laughs) Listen, when I grew up, okay, you played cops and robbers, and you used your finger, right? Yeah, it actually went bang. Yeah, right? I mean, that was it. I mean, if you got really crazy, like the great thing was you're walking around in, in the woods and you found a stick that looked like a gun. Uh-oh. Oh. I could put an eye out. Right? <laughs> you were the man then. 
Right? Everybody else was bad because you had a stick that looked like a gun and they only had a finger. <laughs> right now, today, like they, uh, I know, I'm not alone. My kids are, they're on that video box all day. It, it feels like all day. And, of course, they're not. You know, they're, they're, they're doing, but when they've got free time, they're not outside. They're not running around. They're, they're playing the, the video game. And this is like real-life war type stuff. I mean, these, these, it's incredible what they've done. I can't play them. But it really is. It's an addiction, and it's gotten to the point now where now even the basic things like owning a home. You're right. We could build a 600-square-foot home. You could. Now, they're not going to, right? But they could. And like I said, they do. The ones that you do, they're, they're called apartments. And usually when you are single, that's where you live. But the realities are the home ownership, which is the biggest part of the American dream, is disappearing. And the the simple answer is debt is the reason. You just don't understand that that's the reason. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. Uh, sitting in here with Dr. T this morning on on a Friday and just, you know, talking about, you know, the tortoise and the hare and, and debt and stuff and government regulations. And, you know, they talk about these tax cuts and, you know, really think about really what it is they're trying to sell us. Right. I mean, there's no better bovine specialist than the guys that are running the establishment. Hey, you know what? We're running trillion-dollar deficit. And, of course, when you factor it all in, that's what it comes up to. They don't call it a trillion, like like, like this year. It's almost over. The, the government's fiscal year ends this weekend. And when I get back on Monday, from a fiscal standpoint, the federal government thinks it's 2018. When they total up all the debt, when they go back to October 1st, 2016, they go all the way to the last day of September 2017. Okay, What was the debt on October 1st? What was the debt the last day of September? Whatever the difference between, you know, we go back to your the math that you started to learn in, like, first grade. This is just basic Addition and subtraction. Okay? Just the number's a lot bigger. But the difference between those two numbers would be how much the deficit went up that year. They're going to leave out. They're going to leave out uh, all of the calamities that we've had. Correct. Because that won't factor in. That 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 doesn't happen. You know, that's a one-off. Right. They're kind of like the corporate, well, excluding... How much we had to pay to close all the stores and fire all these people? We had a really good quarter, right? Right? It, it's kind of like uh, Toys R Us, right? right? But remember, they filed bankruptcy. It's the second largest retail uh, bankruptcy we've ever seen, as far and that's from a dollar standpoint. Because let's face it, Toys R Us is kind of dying anyway. But their CEO, well, you know, our stores are profitable. One more natural disaster right. for this country. I would say that we've we've got some considerations to be made 
about how we're going to function. You know, you think about it, even, you know, have you noticed how Puerto Rico doesn't get a lot of press? Right. No one wants to talk about that. Right? The power has been out for, what, coming on two weeks now? Well, they were bankrupt before this. Right. Well, that's right. They don't want to talk about it because they, you know, shh, shh. (laughs) Right. Listen, we're going to quietly, hopefully, in some disaster relief, slide in some legislation where we, we slip Puerto Rico a couple hundred billion dollars, and we'll just add it onto the debt, but don't worry, we'll get it back later. And, you know, and like I said, like the toys are, hey, our stores are profitable if we just didn't have to pay the debt, right? If we didn't have all this debt and we didn't have to borrow all this money, we could be making money. Boy, there were a lot of businesses that did that. Right? I mean, <laughs> hey, my household finances would be terrific if I didn't have to pay my debt. You last three years. You know, right, hey, uh, that credit card, uh, I'm not going to pay that. Oh, the more I don't need to pay that car payment now. Nah, you know what? If I don't pay in uh, those debts, I look real good. Speaking of car payments, look what's happening with that. Boy, I don't even, I don't, I don't know how people do it. I, I Like I said, I did the story about the $2 an hour auto worker in Mexico. And the car's $40,000. And they built it with $2 an hour labor, right? What would it cost if you had to come here and build it here? Right? Not, not, not what, 45 50 60 Now we have a lot of used-to-ownerships, too. <laughs> I used to own it. <laughs> I used to own it, but now I lease. That's right. Right? Because it's better to rent the car than it is to buy the car. So, you know, and uh, of course, another one of the great scams of of uh, of quote unquote ownership, uh, the the lease. But you know, you start looking at all of this stuff, and you're like, hey, they're trying to sell us this tax cut. When the realities are, what they should be trying to sell us is, hey, we're going to shrink the size of our government spending cuts. Yes. So we can allow you to keep more of your money. But when you're used to getting it, you're not used to not getting it. No, and that's right. <laughs> that, that's the biggest problem. You look at, like, all these pensions. I don't know what's going to happen. Cities and states, now, they're the next 10 years, it's all going to be the same. Okay, well, you're going to take less. Right, we're going to tax you more, and every two years we're going to come back to you and say you're going to take less, and we're going to tax you more, and then right. two years after that, okay, you're going to take less, and we're going to tax you more, right? Because it's it's so big, it's so massive, it, it's truly one of those things where where I don't know how any of this works, right? They, they there can't be tax cuts. When all of a sudden now, the people that are retired want their pension check. The swamp has a sucking sound. (laughs) Draining the swamp. (laughs) I don't know how you drain it. I mean, because let's face it, most people don't want to hear this message I'm saying today. No, you you quit feeding the critters that live in it. Right, we need the government, right? (laughs) We need it, right? They're the ones that send me my food stamps. Right? They're the ones that put money in my account every month. 
They're the ones that are supposed to allegedly write. They maintain the streets and the roads and the sewers. And, and of course, none of these people have any knowledge of I shouldn't say none. I'm sure some of them do. The vast majority of them, when you vote for somebody to be, you know, on the city council or the mayor or whatever, do you have any financial experience? Because, really, that's what you need now. Huh? In, in, in what? No, I just want to fix There's potholes. I want to fix them. But we don't have any money to fix them. Well, can we borrow some? Sure. Well, we borrowed upteen trillions of it now. And, and uh, like I said, you think the hair's winning. Don't worry. Because we already know what's going to happen. The tortoise wins the race. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. I just want to give an update. Uh, I made a mistake. I own it. It was my fault. All of the there's some people waiting on twenties. They were all supposed to go out today. It won't go out till Tuesday. And the mistake was mine. I thought I had told the bullion bank to send them. They said I didn't. I swore that I did, but apparently they said no. So either way, I own it. Uh, They'll go out Tuesday. So for those of you waiting on those, uh, I apologize. Uh, today, yesterday, we ran Silver Eagles three ninety five a roll. Uh, we're keeping that price. It's a nothing day in the gold and silver markets. Uh, gold's down a dollar. Silver's down a couple of cents. Uh, one, we found our first Fed governor that wants to raise rates. So we've had three come out saying, "Forget it." Uh, the Philadelphia Fed governor says that he, the labor market's tight, and and, and he's. Sticking to the wages are going to rise thing, so so it's three to one uh, for no rate hike in December. But he's the first one. Uh, Wall Street's really not moving either. It's kind of a a quiet Friday. The Dow's down fifteen. Uh, the S and P's up a couple of points as uh, people are kind of weighing the tax cuts. Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? How big is it going to be? Is it not going to be? Uh, Donald Trump is now interviewing people for the Fed job. So does that mean, is Janet Yellen going to be out? Uh, If so, who's going to replace her? All of those things. And like I said, none of that stuff. It's just noise. It doesn't matter. Just noise. And then, uh, you know, we're in the break. Dr. T and I were talking, and it's been a really interesting year with the the earthquakes and the hurricanes and did you see the, the they had this big rock slide in Yosemite and everyone knows you know that's kind of where that that super volcano is right yeah, underneath yeah. there and I'm just like man I don't like it I don't like any of that stuff I don't you know when I don't have I don't like to be on an airplane I I, I don't like I live in a state like let's face it Arizona right we don't really get earthquakes or hurricanes or tornadoes yet yeah <laughs> Right. There's a reason why I'm here. It's not, it's not just the weather. I don't like any of that stuff. We, keep your oars in the water. <laughs> when all of a sudden your house starts shaking for no reason, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. I, I don't want to be there. Uh, so anyway, uh, we'll see. He's got a. He's, he he called it a Dutch sense. Right. That's this guy is a earthquake expert. Right. And uh, he's he's kind of telling. Remember, we and I even said it that one day. You know, it's been kind of working its way up from Mexico, right? And the the way this whole thing works is with has to do with uh, ground leverages and fault leverages. That earthquake that happened down in Mexico, that eight point one, actually shifted the Earth thirty two feet. 
and the relief of that pressure, you're going to always see that pressure being released wherever they're doing fracking. Believing it or not, fracking does involve uh, opening the earth and allowing pressures to be administered into those particular areas. So where there's areas of least amount of activity, you're going to see activity beginning to go, depending on which way that fall line is moving and stuff. So we live in some interesting times. And uh, like I said, keep your oars in the water, uh, your ears attuned, and your eyes open, and uh, be alert. Yeah, and try to really understand what what really is happening, right? Exactly. Just try try to do it. Keep tuning in. Keep listening, and and keep putting it away just a little bit at a time. Eight hundred nine five one. Get it when you there can. There you go. Nine five one zero five nine two. Doctor T, always a pleasure. Hey, have a great weekend. Besides all the doom and gloom, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday.